we're talking again about the Lord and his prayer. Hmm. This very simple prayer, Jesus' answer, when his disciples say, how do I pray or teach us to pray? Mm -hmm. Say this. Mm -hmm. Very clear, very direct, and very short. But we're we're expanding it, and not expanding it, but we're taking some time to expand our conversation about it. And specifically, a lot of kingdom talk this week. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And so, uh, Pastor Dave, get us back in. Remind us what you were saying regarding, you know, how should we be thinking about the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. how uh, this becomes relevant for us as a prayer request specifically. I think the biggest thing is that every single one of us, whether we recognize it or not, are going to be working towards something progressing. And so by default, I'm just going to be building a kingdom. And how I spend my time, how I spend my money, my heart, my desires, who I spend my time with, what I'm engaged in, all of that is cultivating something not only in my heart, but in my life and around me. There's, There's nothing that's like really passive in my life. It's all contributing to something. And so it's interesting that Jesus, you know, when he announces the kingdom of God being at hand, when he comes on the scene, before he even says that phrase, he says, repent. Mm -hmm. And so we have to turn, if we're going to be engaged in the kingdom of God, we're going to have to turn from Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, by default Mm -hmm. state and building we've been in. And so that's why we started with this big overarching question, like what's your vision of the good life? Because Mm -hmm. how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how uh, your rule of life, which is already in effect, is is building something. And it's probably building towards your idea of what the good life is. Mm. And so the big question is, is my idea of the good life the same as Jesus? And if it's not, then I need to take kind of how I'm viewing life and my time and my investments, all that type of stuff. And I need to submit it and surrender it to what Jesus says is the good life, which is living in the kingdom, which is both here present and it's, it's also coming and it will come in all of its fullness at, you know, when the Lord returns. And so the big question is at that point then, okay, well, what's the kingdom of God then? If I'm supposed to reorient my heart and think differently about how I live, and if there's parts of my rule of life that need to change, what is the kingdom? And, and by the way, the, this is where, you know, just to kind of jump to the end really quick, one of the most profound things for me in my own thinking was that whole priority conversation mm-hmm. because I, I am like, oh yeah, the kingdom of God has always been meaningful to me. You know, praise God, I grew up in a Christian home. And so I had, I always had some kind of awareness of spiritual things, God's kingdom, God's work, but I, you know, it, it was one of many priorities. Mm rather than the overarching goal and ambition of my life. And so all of this is uh, the, the kingdom conversation forces us to look at every aspect of our life and say, what is the overarching aim and ambition of our life? And Jesus says, hey, the best life you can live is in my kingdom. And so that means some of what you're doing needs to die some needs to be altered or changed, um, and some is probably, you know, maybe spot on, but bring that all to me. So as we're praying every single day, like your kingdom come, I'm every single day bringing basically all that I am, all that I'm going to do, all that I'm thinking, all of my resources, all of my abilities, all of my relationships, and I'm asking 
you know, the Lord to accomplish in me and through me the work of his kingdom. Hmm. Yeah, one of the things you said about it is uh, you had a couple of excellent quotes. One of them had to do with the fact that, you know, it's not about us getting into heaven, but heaven getting into us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're, you know, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this idea. And this kind of goes back to the introduction of the series um, when I was talking about what the gospel actually is. Why would we be doing these practices anyway? If if the gospel is my sins are forgiven in the past. Exactly. And I get to go to heaven when I die. That's me trying to get into heaven and I need my sins forgiven in order to do that. Versus what Jesus came announcing was the good news of the kingdom of God now. Yeah, and it is a significant difference because, you know, if the if the gospel that we're kind of like almost subconsciously believing is that I get to go to heaven when I die, then I'm not reorient. I I may or may not reorient the things of my life around exactly. Jesus. Mm-hmm. However, if the good news is that the kingdom of God is now and forever, then I am beginning the, that whole reorientation process now. And the troubling thing is. You know, Jesus doesn't have a lot of time for people who aren't reorienting themselves around him right there in that moment. Mm. And so the assurance that we'll enjoy the eternal state of the kingdom is that we have given ourselves into the current expression of the kingdom, which means repenting and arranging our lives around King Jesus, which is kind of what these practices are trying to do. We're encouraging and challenging ourselves to pray or to fast or to be engaged in scripture or community or giving, whatever these practices might be, around the reality that King Jesus is here. So, yeah. Even a word on repentance, this is a word I think that's misused very commonly in our Christian circles. You, you If you hear repentance, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm committing some kind of egregious sin or habitual sin, and so I need to confess it, and I bring it to the Lord, and then I, like, I call that repentance. Right. And there's two things there. One is that that works in the assumption that repentance is a thing that happened and then you move on. Right. But the Christian life is a continual act of repentance. Mm-hmm. And it's not always just like confessing a sin specifically to Jesus and then being like, yeah, this is sin. I don't want to do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to be greedy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Repentance is, is a, a much more holistic approach where I'm looking at the totality of my life, mm-hmm. like we're talking about here, the building of my kingdom. And I need to continually turn away from that and turn to Jesus. Yeah, it's like a mindset. That's exactly right. That it's a mindset that leads to I'm going to have instances of repentance because I've had this dramatic mindset shift of yes. repentance. To kind of riff off on what you were saying there, it's like I'm taking my vision, my holistic vision of the good life, and maybe I haven't completely spelled that out, even though I am probably pursuing it, and I'm being discipled and shaped, Romans 12, by this world. They're, everyone's telling you what the good life is. Exactly. All the ads, all the movies, all the songs, they're all telling you the good life. And so by one way or another, you know, you are have embraced some vision of the good life, and Jesus is saying, okay, now, all of that is set aside in light of the fact that I have now announced the good news of the kingdom. And the kingdom is so comprehensive, Mm -hmm. to your point, it actually is the good life. Yes. It is the life we would all want. (laughs) Go back to my thing. If our wanter was wanting correctly. Yes. And so it is good news for us. It is good news of the kingdom, but it's going to feel like bad news at times. And that kingdom, that announcement of the kingdom affected different people in different ways because as you said well in your sermon, a lot of us have a different vision of what the good life can be. Yep. Like... 
Some people want it to be a solitary cabin in the mountains, and other people want to be bustling. In the, you know, whatever their yeah. vision of it doesn't matter. Same thing in, when Jesus came announcing the good news of the kingdom in his day. There was a multiplicity of views of what the good life was. Yep. And he's coming and saying, no, I'm unique. I am the son of God. Yep. I am the, the creator who can create things, and I'm the redeemer. And so I'm unique, and so I have a unique position to offer the kingdom of God, the fullness of what it means to be human, and so make this your priority. So, yeah. And therefore, the Lord's Prayer, which is so necessary mm-hmm. daily, this specific part, your kingdom come, your will be done, is a daily prayer of repentance. Like, that's how I'm processing it in my mind. Well, that's, the, I mean, the next thing he's going to say is, you know, forgive us our sins. Yeah. As we forgive those who against us. Yeah. Absolutely. The good life, I mean, that is a very it's a very helpful concept and something to be aware of. It's a very immersive idea, you know, and so when you are seeing a commercial or an ad of some kind, you know, it's really helpful to recognize that whatever is being advertised isn't the end. It's the means by which you get the good life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really, you know, whether it's a phone or whether it's a pair of jeans or like whatever it is, you know, that thing is not being advertised for the type of stitching, the type of fabric, the tech specs. <laughs> it's always like, how is this thing being used by someone portrayed as experiencing the good life? Yeah. Mm. And as you engage with this product, you will have this lifestyle. I mean, who cares about the actual, like what my phone's materials are actually made of? Um, you know, is it a pathway to the good life? And so the kingdom of God... You know, that has the the ability to really, you know, blow our imaginations out of the water, so to speak, because it's a fully immersive idea. It's not just a list of facts, but it is, you know, as you said, like it's God's people in God's place under God's rule. Like that is a fully immersive experience Mm -hmm. that we find ourselves in. Where where the kingdom is expanding and love is an action. And that's why it's like, you know, what it's so funny too, because all these all these ads and commercials that are selling you the good life are always endorsed, to your point, by somebody who we're like, oh, they have the good life. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is yeah, our endorsement. He, he's yeah. the endorsement of the wow, kingdom. Wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And he and you look at him and he says, no, this, this is the good life. And you see him self-sacrificially laying himself down for the good of others. You see him healing. You see Including him outsiders. going to the, those on the mm-hmm. margins. And then, and what you see, the, as the, the, the fruit, the reward of that is Romans 14. It's righteousness and it's joy and peace. And the experience of the kingdom is love. Mm-hmm. Love that you're giving, love that you're receiving. And so it's just so powerful that it's like, hey, look to Christ who is saying this this is the good life and now be mobilized to expand his kingdom here on earth. Yeah, and so that's I just want to, you know, just pray the Lord's prayer right now, even just Lord, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth here in Dover as it is in heaven. I think that prayer is not just a prayer, you know, sometimes it's prayed as a prayer of resignation, like, oh man, the world's so bad, we just want Jesus to come back. And it's part of it. That's definitely part of it. Yep. Um, but it's also, I think the emphasis more falls in this particular prayer. And then as you see it in the context of, well, specifically the context of the Sermon on the Mount, Luke 11 is not in the Sermon on the Mount, but let's take the context of Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is certainly expecting his followers to be proactive. Like the kingdom is very participatory. So it's not a prayer of resignation alone. 
It's also a prayer of participation, Lord. We want your will to be done on earth right now is the idea. As as much as we can experience it, knowing that, you know, we don't have the ability ourselves to bring it in, but we're praying for his power and his strength to do so. And and so in that sense, again, it's a very earthy prayer. Mm. Like Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world right. when he's before Pilate. And that is definitely true. But after his resurrection, his kingdom is earthy, yeah. meaning it affects and impacts. So, you know, it, it changes things. I mean, even, you know, you can... You know, you can look at the West. The West has been Christianized by the kingdom of God in ways people don't even realize. Uh, and so the the impact of Jesus and, and the East as well, but certainly as, you know, I've grown up in the West, like, the you know, just the, the ideas that love should be important and tolerance should be a thing and equal rights for people. These are all kingdom of God ideas. Righteousness and joy and peace for everybody? <laughs> no, that's that's a Jesus thing. And so it has affected earth. You know, it hasn't consummated. I'm not saying anything like that. But, yes, everyone needs to recognize that the kingdom of God is not just a prayer of resignation but a prayer of participation. And so the expectation is that the rule of King Jesus would come into our earthly lives and make a difference. And so let me just say very practically how this mm-hmm. happens. And I've said this before, but... The spirit of Jesus is the means by which he rules and reigns on the earth right now. Right. He pours his spirit out on his people, and wherever his spirit is, you talked about God's presence. Yeah. God's presence is now coming through us through the Holy Spirit. I love the old hymn that says, uh, it's a Christmas carol, reign in us today. Mm. Um, Come thou long expected Jesus. And talks about how the spirit comes and reigns in us. And so the Spirit is the the presence of Jesus now in our lives that causes us to walk in righteousness and to pursue peace and to have the joy of Christ. Like so, having a deeply connected relationship with the Spirit is the means by which we see the presence of the kingdom expressed and displayed in our lives right now. And and part of it is just like slowing down getting a little bit out of your head and your pursuits mm-hmm. and your schedule and your calendar, looking around and letting the Spirit of God lead you to like what's happening right in front of you. Yeah. So yesterday I had a brother reach out after the service and was like, man, I just had one of the coolest moments, et cetera. On Saturday after the, our men's conference was was leaving here and noticed somebody on, on the side of the road and like wanted wanted to go pray with them. But I think there was something that happened like a busy or whatever, moved on. Yesterday after the service, sees this person again, has an opportunity, stops, pulls the car over, feels led to this person, goes and wants to pray with them. This amazing interaction begins to take place. This brother's praying with this person. And while he's praying with this person, another car is driving by stops sees this man praying with this man and goes up and says, will you pray for me too? Mm. And there was like this big need that this person had, got to invite him to church, all this type of stuff. And it was like, yeah, like that, those are beautiful, beautiful moments mm-hmm. where you just kind of are like, okay, rather than thinking I've got to rush from this place to the next place. And that's the thing about hurry. When you're always in a hurry, you, you literally lose the ability to stop and be present and mm-hmm. think about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. that's good. Some one of the things that you've been highlighting along the way here is, you know, as we're praying, 
this Lord's Prayer, there's the call to action, and that kind of led to the priorities mm. aspect of the sermon. You uh, highlighted, uh, you know, the kingdom of God can't be one of our priorities. It has to be a yeah. priority, and just by the nature of making something a priority, there are, <laughs> there's only one priority. And whenever we switched from priority right. to priorities yep. is up for debate, and you even rattled off uh, some other options, one of which was pickleball. <laughs> and as someone that's slightly older than you, I, I wonder if was this, you know, was this ageism? What, 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 I it felt a little personal, you know, not <laughs> not CrossFit or playing soccer, <laughs> but pickleball. Why going after the more experienced people in our in our body here? I'll just give you an opportunity to respond to this. One accusation. of the sisters asked me what pickleball was. <laughs> Well, I'll t- <laughs> I, I've had the opportunity to play pickleball twice, and I love it. By the way, it's amazing. No, it's just one of the fads right now. That's, mm-hmm. that's a, no, uh, that is hilarious. Have you played it? By the way, uh, not really. Have you, Mike? I yes. need to. It's a. Did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, a lot of fun. But, yeah, we yeah. should definitely get into that. But but on priorities, I, I thought that was a great. On anybody. Uh, I, I understand. I just wanted to give you that to clarify. <laughs> I didn't know if people mm-hmm. would be upset with you, pickleballers out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we started a pickleball league. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about this whole priority conversation, it's <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations about this in the last twenty four hours since yesterday. It, it seems like that was one of the things that that stood out. Mm-hmm. I think because it resonates with people. It's like, why have we not thought about this? Why have I not thought about this before? Seriously. And so this this came from a conversation that Comer had on this and the whole kingdom of God. And it's like, oh yeah, at some point the word priority turned to priorities. And now all of a sudden you can have more than one priority, which negate, I mean, literally eliminates what the word actually means. Right. right. And it is actually helpful for me to go, oh yeah, what are my priorities in life? And then you feel overwhelmed because you're trying to juggle so many things that are supposed to be the most important to you. And it's like, well, what's the most important? Mm-hmm. I mean, even as a, as a pastor, they actually tell you like what's most important is that you take care of your own household. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you can't, then how are you supposed to take care of the household of faith? So it's like, okay, what, there's, some, there's even like rankings in scripture, mm-hmm. but the, the top like the actual priority, and that's the point of this, and this is why the praying your kingdom come is so awesome. It reminds you every single day, the kingdom of God is the priority. King Jesus and what he is doing and what he wants to do in you and through you, that is the overarching ambition and purpose of your life. And so I just think that that was really good because it is so easy to think that we are living for the kingdom when it's just one of the things that we've yeah. got to participate mm-hmm. in in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were at the men's conference, the I was. The th- we all were, which was excellent. <laughs> and one of the things that we were saying was, um, you know, this is a there's a, sometimes there's a math problem that mm-hmm. needs to be cleared up here. Oh yeah, you know, if I am going to actually eliminate some things, or or well, if I want to add some some of these kingdom practices to my life. I don't have the amount of space necessary unless I subtract some things as well. And so, you know, when you were talking about priorities, that was putting me back in that where, 
you know, just the multiple priorities is another math problem. You yeah. know, it, it's literally there's uh, a, you know, there's a flaw in the equation there somewhere where things actually do need to get ranked. And that can sound like a good idea, but it is very painful. I mean, it that is. will involve gutting some things out yeah. of my schedule or my areas of concern if I'm actually going to like see something else rise to the top the other things do need to be knocked out and there's some there's something uh, about our generation i think that is i mean we've dan you and i have talked about wanting to be careful about the unique language hmm. like just outside in our conversations in daily life and stuff but i do think that there is a little something interesting about our generation because we have so much access there it's you know we're just comparing constantly you can see everything you can do so many things mm-hmm. you can travel the world like you know i mean it, it's it's crazy what we can do today compared to a thousand years ago even and with that is compared all this compared to when i was a kid it's just going. crazy it's crazy mm-hmm. and so there is all of a sudden this pressure where it's like you know, we want to be good at everything. Mm-hmm. We want to experience everything. We mm-hmm. want to be able to do everything. I mean, the whole FOMO conversation, it's mm-hmm. like, and how it even robs us from sleep. And mm-hmm. it's its crazy. And so with that, it's like, I just, I mean, I feel it in me. I want to do everything. I want to be good at everything. I want to learn multiple languages. <laughs> Have you heard the antidote to FOMO? Oh, no. It's JOMO. <laughs> What's that? That's the joy of missing out. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> did, did you make that up? No, I saw it somewhere, but I actually think there's some. I it's, love it, it. It wasn't ideally like Christian, but it, I think there is the joy of missing out in the sense of when we give ourselves to the kingdom, when we feel like we're laying down, you did a great job of this in the sermon, you're going to experience every death in the kingdom is a resurrection. This is the beauty of the kingdom. Wow. There's no. There's no death in the kingdom that doesn't lead to a resurrection ever. Oh, man, it's just that like the air we breathe right now, you know, is like mm-hmm. oxygen in, carbon dioxide out. The kingdom is like many death, resurrection. Many death, resurrection. Lay my body down completely, resurrection. Like it's just the way the kingdom works. You, can, it's a principle wow. of the kingdom. So anyway, yeah, that's good though. I do think there's that, you know, the priority conversation. There's an actually, I think there's an Old Testament principle I think that we could apply here, and I think it'll apply to time. I think it will apply to our money. I think it will apply to relationships. It's like the principle of the first fruits. It's like when you got a harvest, yeah, in the Old Testament, you just gave the first portion of that to the Lord. You Boom. talked to this about you talked about this to me yesterday. Yeah, like there's just. That's just what you do because that's that is the demonstration. I can right. say all I want that God is my priority. Oh man. But faith without works is dead. And so like if I'm not demonstrating that in like so when I look at my calendar it's like okay, well these things are non-negotiable because these are ways that I am and you know, I am engaging life in the kingdom with God and his people. These things, you know, you know, financially, I'm like, Jesus got, you know, Jesus talks more about money than I, than heaven and hell. And we'll talk about that with generosity. But like, if you're not giving generously to Jesus, his cause and his kingdom, then you said it this way. If the kingdom of God hasn't touched your money. Yeah. Well, then maybe it hasn't touched you. Right. So like I, you know, or you have another priority with your money. Yeah. Yeah. Not a king. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so, 
it, it that's the whole repentance idea. That's the whole yes. believing that it's good for me, believing that actually investing here will be better for me. So it's not legal. This is the call into the good life. Right. The good life is trust the Lord here. You know, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, whatever it might be. And so, you know, I think you know this goes back to what you're saying. What is the kingdom, and what yeah. I, what do I actually believe? This is why this is more a question of faith, and you know, faith that leads to works. Of, you know, do I believe what what Jesus is offering in the kingdom of God is good for me now and forever? So, like, really practically, I mean, it might be worth an exercise of getting a piece of paper and writing some stuff out. It's like, okay, what if the kingdom of God is the priority, and we're all saying for sure it is, then what does it mean for the kingdom of God to be the priority in my calendar? What does it look like for the kingdom of God to be the priority in my giving? What does it mean for the kingdom of God to be the priority at my workplace? I mean, even something where it's like, okay, work is necessary and good. You're taking care of your family. But even Ephesians 4 talks about working hard with your hands so that you have something to give to those who are in need. Mm -hmm. And so what does it mean for the kingdom of God to be the priority with my, you know, abilities and skills that that the spirit of God has given me? Everything. What does it mean in my life for the kingdom of God to be the priority. And then I give, to your point there, Mike, I give my first fruits mm-hmm. to that. I give my best to mm-hmm. that. I make that the priority. Mm-hmm. So helpful. Yeah, it's it's funny the um, kind of mental gymnastics or even justifications that you can make. You know, <laughs> I mean, try to explain the priority without the concept of first. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? If I'm here explaining to you, you know, maybe like a, a certain hobby or a character trait or something, and I'm like, you know, this is really my priority. Oh, when do you do it? I do it hardly ever. <laughs> it, yeah. It really doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, to, you know, to see it in terms wow. of priority, the kingdom of God, and then wow. these other things that maybe vie for priority Maybe those are just, you know, I'm responsible. They're responsibilities, but I'm funneling all those things up to the kingdom of God or I'm interpreting them through the lens of the kingdom of God, yeah. trying mm-hmm. to keep that thing, you know, what I'm always looking at. A brief blurb on, you know, the, the responsibilities you just mentioned. You talked about just briefly a second ago, too, like our responsibilities are jobs. Like, say, you, you know, yeah. you spend a lot of time at your job. Yeah. That is not an anti-kingdom exactly. situation. Right. Good. That is a place where you serve the Lord King Good. is the language of Ephesians 6 and yep. Colossians 3, or maybe 4. Three. Does this also apply to pickleball? Pickleball. <laughs> well, your it, leisure, it actually, actually, it, it does. It definitely there can. You, you know, there is, you know, the Lord in his kingdom, there is this idea of Sabbath and enjoying the fruits of your labor. And so absolutely, mm-hmm. the leisure is part of the kingdom uh, experience even right now. But so, yeah, I mean, you are mm-hmm. like, when you go to your job, you are, first of all, you are an agent, so to speak. You are a representative. I love the word, the language of Second Corinthians 5. You're an ambassador of yep. Christ, yep. which we probably just need to get rid of the word Christ and just start using the word king mm. because that's what it is. <laughs> yep. And it, that makes the kingdom the all over the epistles. You know, when it's the kingdom seemingly is absent in the epistles, and yet every time you run in the word Christ, right. you should be that's thinking kingdom. Right. Yep. And so anyway... He wants all of the churches to be faithful representations of the kingdom of God. That's what the church letters are. So anyway, when you go there, Paul says you are literally serving the king in medicine, education, whatever the case may be. 
And then as someone who has been an agent of the kingdom, you're seeking to bring righteousness and joy and peace of King Jesus into those situations. And as you try to live for King Jesus, those are going to be hostile environments. Even if you're not like getting in trouble, quote unquote, for a persecutor for speaking the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, you stand up for justice in your workplace and you could be persecuted. You are a person of integrity and you're going to like challenge this or you're going to challenge greed because you believe in the values of the kingdom and that greed isn't good for humanity, but generosity is, then you're going to have different kinds of pay. You're going to have different kind of culture, all these kind of things. And it may not help your bottom line, but you're going to be agents of the kingdom. And so a thousand percent, your, your vocation is an aspect of your kingdom life and experience for sure. Am I allowed to use a CrossFit analogy? Absolutely. I'm going to start rationing them now. Can you yes. <laughs> <laughs> do, do I have one in the pocket? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so here's legitimately one of the things is like, I mean, I even feel the weight of this in my own heart because as we're talking about this, I'm trying to go, oh, I want to do this exercise again. I've done this exercise so many times. I want to do it again. I want to, I want to pull out my calendar. I want to pull out my, you know, my, uh, my bank account. I want, I want to start thinking about, okay, for Christ, the King and his kingdom to be the priority. What does this look like? And it's very easy for somebody of my personality to be super overwhelmed, like, oh man, there's some big adjustments that need to happen. And sometimes that can be a hindrance. And so even the, the practices conversation, it's like, oh man, I need to do all of this. And so I, do I, am I supposed to do all of this today? Like, is everything supposed to be flipped upside down today? In some sense, it's kind of like in your, in your heart, in your mind, for sure. But I, I think about CrossFit, one of the hardest uh, movements with the barbell is called the snatch. And it's like you bring the barbell up from the ground, the, the form is everything, and then you throw it up over your head. And especially if you're doing a squat snatch, you're basically supposed to, as the bar's going up, your body's going down at the same time, and you're supposed to catch it, catch it in the bottom of the snatch. It's the hardest movement with the barbell. And I remember when I was starting the snatch, it was a hot mess. And I remember thinking, well, I've, I've got to immediately land at the bottom of my snatch, and I've got to have weight in the bar. And the coach was like, you can't do that yet. <laughs> like there are things to learn to get there. You need to build strength. You need to build mobility, flexibility. You need to train your body of what it feels like. And it's like this gradual movement. This morning, I, I actually literally hit a PR in a, in a movement of the snatch. And it's been a year since I started learning it. And it wasn't super impressive, but it was a huge win for me. And I was just thinking about that. It's like, really what we're talking about here with the practices is just starting small and learning the rhythm and learning the movement and, mm-hmm. and and not being overwhelmed with like where you're supposed to be, embracing where you are and starting getting involved, which is why yesterday I love kind of like the, well, what if, what if I feel like I can't pray authentically right now? What if I don't even want to yet? It's like, well, just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Start getting engaged in the rhythms and let the Lord do what you cannot do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a the beginning sta- stages there is good for someone like me as I'm trying to apply this kind of series and emphasis that we're pursuing together. I'm like, I feel like there's been maybe a fade. There's the old um, casting crown song, the slow fade. I remember that like 20 years ago or something. Deep cut. Yeah, that is a deep cut. But wow, I do think that that exists in the Christian life. And maybe there's some of us, my, I put myself in this category. It's like, well, I feel like maybe I let some things slip. And so getting mm-hmm. back is like, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I need to, if you 
know, sort some things out. And it might not be as gradual as for someone who's just learning to follow Jesus or hasn't been exposed to these things before. So we're yeah. coming we're coming at this, you know, all of us kind of in different locations, but yeah. it's good for us to try to process yeah. that through. You encouraged us toward the end, you know, with engaging our hearts and our actions, you know, what if I don't necessarily feel like doing this to commit to doing it? Um, my mind was going similar to those examples just yesterday when I was hearing that. You know, when you sign up for a marathon, you're not signing up to cross the finish line. You're signing up to train for a marathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even recognizing what you're doing when you, in a sense, sign up to follow Jesus, you're signing up to follow him. You're not signing yeah. up to necessarily cross the finish line. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the goal. But this is what... <laughs> This is what it means. It means to daily follow him, to try to, you know, be a person who's doing the things that he has done in order to become who he, you know, become more like him. Yeah. And so, um, you know, talk a little bit about that because I do think that's a, that's a scary place maybe to be in or, and certainly not one that you don't, you, you know, I wouldn't want to be waking up every day not wanting to do these things following Jesus and just mm-hmm. forcing myself to do them. I mean, that doesn't sound like a healthy way to follow Jesus. So talk a little bit maybe about the the balance of that and even how to gauge you know, how I should be thinking about that moving forward. Yeah, I think there's kind of... Um, there's a... There's kind of like we use examples, some you know, like a strong example of saying, you know, I don't want to pray. It's like, well, there's a part of us that doesn't want to pray if you're a follower of Jesus at times. But kind of mixed in there is also there is a deeper desire. It's like, well, I actually, I actually right. do want to pray. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and so, um, so I think just kind of recognizing that the Spirit of God is at work in you. I think sometimes too, like we, we dissociate the Spirit of Jesus from ourselves. And so when we sense a desire to pray, we think that's coming from ourselves when really that's the spirit of Jesus drawing us again. And so like that's that's an encouraging thought. Like, oh, he's with me. He's guiding me. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Make disciples, but I will never leave you or forsake you. And then there is a lot of joy in learning to follow Jesus. I mean, there, you know, he says, my joy will be in you. Your joy will be complete. And so, you know, I think the the picture that Pastor Dave was painting yesterday is, is a realistic one and that there is a battle at times in my heart to want to pray. And I do feel temptation to be distracted and, you know, do whatever, you know, and ignore who I really am at my deepest level. That is real. That is true. That is, and there's definitely going to be like, I don't want to pray. And if I were to voice that, that's actually what I would say. I just don't want to do this. And that's why I'm not doing it. And that is true. And amen. And yet I, you know, I think we'd also have to say this, you know, the spirit, and this is Galatians 5, the flesh lusts against the spirit, but the spirit lusts against the flesh. And so um, so you will experience that. And then, as you just described training for a marathon, as you follow Jesus along the way, and you mentioned this too as well, things that you didn't necessarily love to do yeah. as a young follower of Jesus, as a teenager, yeah. like reading, like theology or like being in the word and memorizing or things like that now you absolutely love and so that was just a matter of training over time and so um yeah so i i just think there's i i feel like that's a real i feel like that whole conversation was real you know it was realistic Mm -hmm. 
I think even, I love that you said it. So, uh, early on, you're probably in the phase, like early on of following Jesus, you're probably like, well, I don't, I don't know that I want to pray. Or I don't know that I want to get up early. Or I don't know that I want to like mm-hmm. give 20 minutes to this and things like that. But but deep down, I mean, you want to pray. You want to be in communi- communication mm-hmm. with God. There are, there are different reasons. Sometimes it's like, well, I don't feel like I can right now. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things I kind of want to talk about yesterday. What happens if... Um, because I, I, in my conversations with people, this is a real hindrance. People are like, well, I, in the, my current state and the way I'm living or the way I'm prioritizing things, I feel convicted. And so I feel like I've got to kind of get my heart and my mindset to a place where it's acceptable then to go and really mean it before the Lord or have the Lord hear me and answer my prayers and things like that. And that's what I meant with like with the whole, the Lord rewards those who seek him because it's the whole come as you are, not as you should be type of a thing with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's by the way how salvation happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's how you continually come to Jesus. I'm coming to him with where I'm at. He knows it by the way, mm-hmm. and he desires and calls me to, to bring all that to him. And I, I, I've got to come to him if I want those things to change. Mm-hmm. That's the old hymn, just as I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, my encouragement for a lot of people there is like it, the whole praying your kingdom come, your will be done, I, we've intentionally started with prayer and the practices. What's coming is like, oh, it, it's a good thing as a follower of Jesus to fast too. It's a good thing as a follower of Jesus to practice solitude. It's mm-hmm. a good thing to give unto the Lord and to mm-hmm. others. It's a good thing to Sabbath and rest. It's a good thing to engage in community. It's a good thing to serve and use your gifts in the kingdom. All these things are coming. And if you if you can't get in a rhythm first of of praying your kingdom come, mm-hmm. your will be done, mm-hmm. those things aren't going to happen. Yeah. And so it's like here we are starting where we are. Even if my heart is not yet totally ready to give myself to the practices and following Jesus, because I love my kingdom and I like my calendar and I like my busyness and I like my comfort, still come. Come as you are. You know, you mentioned the whole Puritan thing, like pray until you pray. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, come to the Lord again and again and again, and he will reward you. He will change your heart. He will change your desires. And then all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself in a position after months and, and you know years of following Jesus where Christ is being formed in you, and you are just like flourishing in the mm-hmm. kingdom, continually so. Yeah, one of the things um, that... It was funny. I, um, my girls came to the third service, and so I usually have a notebook with me. And um, when you're preaching, and if something comes, this is like one of my practices of what I want to do when I'm listening to sermons. I, I have a notebook there, and I sometimes write the outline down for the preacher, and sometimes I don't. I think I've said this before, but ever since the girls were little, we used to try to teach them to sit still, and I would tell them the reason Daddy wants you to sit still is because you might hear the voice of God. <laughs> I love that so much. And you might not, but you might. And I use the, the story from Samuel when he was yeah. sleeping. Yeah. And the Lord came and said, Samuel, Samuel. And he didn't know it was the voice of God until Eli was like, oh, no, this is the voice of God. Listen. So I had, I'd, you know, gone through the first couple services and then they came and they didn't have a notebook with them. So I like gave, I gave them my notebook so they could you know, maybe engage with Cern a little bit better. And I, you know, I gave one to, I gave one to Carolyn, one to Abby. And Carolyn said, oh, no, you can keep it, Dad. And I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. You can, you can do it. And then I said, 
if I get anything from the Holy Spirit, I'll just grab it back. <laughs> well, sure enough, third service, this like thought came, and I believe it was from the Holy Spirit. And it's connected to this idea of just like, just keep asking. Mm. And so you talked about the structure, first of all, like is important. We need to get our priorities right. Yeah. Our Father, we're receiving love and affirmation and security first. And then hallowed be your name. That was last week. So all of our asking is already under the under the auspices of God is my Father who loves me and is for me, and my chief priority is His name being hallowed. Hence, I pray the first request: Your will be done. Yeah. Now, and then I'm just like I thought. You know what? We should just ask away, like ask away. Oh man, that's what came because like what happens is I pray something that's probably selfish. And he says, no, and I don't get it. And so that discourages me from praying for other things. When in reality, you know, the fact that we're starting with the practices and you just said, just keep coming. You know, I wrote down, the father will answer every request for good. But he'll say no to what's not his will. If I pray about everything, I will see more of his generosity. How much yeah. how much blessing and power am I yeah. leaving on the table yeah. that he would say yes to? Because I'm not asking about everything. So and so again, starting with the first practice and should I keep asking? He's my father, he loves me, he's oriented toward me, and he's going to say no to a bunch of things because I'm going to ask for a bunch of things that aren't probably good for me. But if I just ask away, then the more I ask, the more I will see his power. And if I don't ask, then I'm leaving fruit, quote unquote, on the vine, I said. And so I just want to encourage us in this yes. whole like following Jesus and learning how to pray. Um, you know, this is Paul Miller who said, you know, kids learn what's good for them by what they just ask for everything. Can I have that? Can I have that? They go to the store. <laughs> can I have this? Can I have this? It's like, well, no. And the answer from for me at least was, well, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> it never was even really a question of is it good for you or not. In God's good world, it's not that he can't afford it. It's like he actually knows what's good for me. He actually knows what the good life is. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to start asking for everything. i got to write this paper. Lord, help me to write this paper the best I possibly can. Yeah. I'm going to you know, get this situation here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask away, and I'm going to allow God's answer and his will to be my filter. Yes. And so, and if it's really hurt, something I really want it to be disappointing, I learn like Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. I learn to trust my father more deeply than I ever possibly could before, but I'm going to ask away. And the whole uh, later in this sermon, the Matthew 6, 25 through 33 portion of seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. You see the abundance of God's generosity yeah. after you pray your kingdom come, mm -hmm. your will be done. Right. So then when when you bring your request to the Lord, it's like the abundance of God's goodness and generosity flows after that prayer, yeah. after that posture, after that filter. And so but you're exactly right. It's like, oh man, hey, you know, brothers and sisters, you start praying, your kingdom come, your will be done every single day and aware of what that means. And the Lord begins to work in your heart and mm -hmm. reorient your heart and renew your mind. And then you come and you just beg Jesus. <laughs> I think it's a lie of the devil back to the Garden of Eden. Like if I, if he says no to this one tree, then there's not an abundance of generosity yeah. in other places. Yeah. And it's like, well, because God has said no on these things that I deem important, then I assume that his yeses are going to be very few and far between. And I just, there's a hiss of the serpent behind that. And it's like, okay, if he's saying no to this, but there must be, this kingdom is, you know, the riches of his glory. I mean, there's all these things. So oh, man. I would say, you know, ask away. Just keep showing up. You said that in the other prayer. Just show up for prayer and ask him, Lord, your will be done. 
help me to love you, help me to know you, and it, and it will come, it will come, it will come, he will come, so. Amen. That's great. Well, we will leave it there. Okay. Just a reminder to practice these things, mm-hmm. put into practice the things that we're learning, commit yourself to these things, and uh, continue to ask the Lord uh, for his help. But we, we do really desire that we would practice these things together and grow as followers of Jesus. So uh, don't just listen, but put into, put into practice. And we'll be back next time. Amen. Thank you.